Life is tough. There is not a whole lot about life that, that is easy. Whether it's raising kids, or going to school, working, whatever it may be, life is tough. There is one thing that I can tell you this when it when, when pertaining to spiritual battles is, is this thing right here. The battles of life are constant and they're never finished. You can count on there being battles of life. The battles, for the most part, won't stop. You see, we come into uh, this world battle. We battle um, as, as little babies coming out of the womb. Mom battles to get the baby out of there. It's a struggle. I have no idea what that's like. I'm not acting like I do, but I can tell you that from me and my wife having four kids, it's been a battle. The, the, and you battle throughout life. You come in battling and you go out battling. Battles never stop. They happen at all ages. I see that from uh, working with youth for, for six years and, and, and doing that with them, or I guess it's longer than that, wow, I think really old. It's this old thing. I'm looking over here and I'm thinking, Literally, there is youth that came in when we were back there that have graduated college. That's not cool. Like, that's not okay. Sorry to get sidetracked. But we see that, that battles happen at all ages. Kids have, have, have their battles at young ages with friends and, and things of life and learning life and, and the difficulties of life, even at such a young age, at 8, 9, 10 years old. And you see it continue as teenagers, and, and, and it get worse. I don't know from experience yet, but I know from your experience, for most of you. Um, it, it, it doesn't change. It gets more difficult. The world really begins to try to suck those kids in, tries to get them to, to go the way of the world, go the direction of the world. And we see, obviously, as we get adults and, and in marriage and relationships and life in general, it gets tough. There's battles. Battles as Christians can be tough. You see, when you become a Christian, you put a target on your back. The battle's on. They can be difficult to bear. However, we see throughout God's word that he prepares us for them. And we see that in verses like Psalm 144.1. That he trains our hands for war and our fingers for battle. He cares about the details, the little things. He doesn't just say that he prepares and trains your body, but he trains your hands and your fingers. The details matter to God. They're important. We see this same, uh, same theme, same idea in Psalm 18, 34 and, and 2 Samuel twenty two thirty five, where it talks about training the hands. You see, you use your hands to battle. You use your hand to carry your sword. You see, if your hands aren't prepared and haven't trained to carry that sword, it doesn't come in very handy whenever it comes time for the battle. The abilities by which battles are planned and victories are won come from Jesus. You see, God doesn't just win the victory. He trains you for the victory. You see, the battle, if there's a victory, there's got to be a battle. 
And so there is no doubting that there will be battles and struggles in life. Are you trusting the Father in those moments? Are you prepared for battle? And here in a moment, we're going to talk and look at a few things that, that help that we need to be aware of to not allow happen in our life whenever these battles come. You see, the problem, though, is in these battles, we get so caught up with the battle that we lose our focus on Christ. You see, in the battles, in the spiritual battles, and the spiritual struggles of life that they're happening, sometimes they happen fast. Sometimes you see them coming, sometimes you don't. But in those moments, it is key to keep God at the center of everything. That's one of the biggest things I tell our church is that if you do nothing else but you keep God at the priority of your life and everything you do, everything else will begin to fall into place. Now, that does not mean that you won't have struggles. That will not mean that you don't have difficulties. But what it does mean is that God's going to see you through it. And the only way to stay centered in those moments, to stay, to, to stay centered when, when the teenagers are acting crazy, or to stay centered whenever you're having some back and forth with your wife, or when things are going on with co-workers, or whatever life may throw at you, the only way to stay centered is to keep Christ at the center of everything. That's abiding in him. We're going through the book of 1 John on on, on Thursday nights when we meet, and, and so much it talks about abiding in him. Abiding in him is living in him. Abiding in him is reading his word, seeking his face. Spending time with him. How can a relationship grow if you don't spend any time? If I don't spend time with my wife, it isn't going to work. The relationship's going to become distant. We're not going to know each other. We must abide in Christ because when you abide in Christ, when things aren't crazy, when things get crazy and the chaos happens, that'll be the first one you go to. The first call you make when the spiritual battle happens, who's it to? Is it to your mom or your dad or your friend or your kid? Or is it to God? God has to be the first call that we make when it comes to a spiritual battle. It is important to keep our focus on God. There are a few things that I want to take a look at when it comes to watching out, or things to watch out for when battles happen, when we lose our focus on Christ. The first thing the spiritual battle will do is it will cause you to doubt the will of God. When things get hot, when life gets crazy, if you are not centered on God and you don't put your focus on him and you don't understand that that God's got a plan and there is a purpose, that God has a will for your life, it'll cause you to doubt it. You'll begin to think things like, wow, wow. Life is really tough right now. I think God got it wrong. He's been right about everything else since the beginning of eternity, but in this little situation in my life, he got it wrong. He led me down the wrong path. He sent me the wrong direction. This one time, God got it wrong. The enemy will cause you to doubt things when you're in spiritual battles. You must be grounded. We'll think things like, man, God made a huge mistake. Maybe I misunderstood God and what he did have for me. You see, no, so often what we do is we try to take things into our own hands when everything goes crazy, when the chaos happens. 
You see, and when you try to take things into your own hands, it will cause you to doubt. It'll cause you to doubt the things of God. It'll cause you to doubt the direction you thought you were going. You see, in the number one plan in the back pocket of the enemy is to get you distracted. It's to distract you because if he, distract, if he can distract you, he'll try to get you to doubt everything that you thought you knew God had for you. You see, and the enemy wants nothing more than to distract. And the world is perfect for that. There is something going on all the time. I guarantee you in your home, you've probably got six or seven things that have to happen this week that are planned or whatever. You've got stuff going on. You're busy all the time. The more kids you got, the busier you are. The older they get, I thought it would slow down, but I think I got that backwards. Our kids are getting older, and we're getting busier. I'm confused. They need to drive, but we got, some, we got a long time till then. <laughs> There's only two of us. We can't, get all, we can't get all four of them to four different places. It's tough. But the enemy wants to distract you. He wants you to, to, to have doubt that begins to creep in. He wants you to, to become thinking about other things and not the mission that God has for you. Yesterday, we had a big event. And I'm going to go ahead and call out this elephant in the room. I realize that I've got red and white. I get it. I get I, I mean, go ahead. Y'all can laugh. The thing is, is I realized yesterday why you wear your hat forwards and not backwards. In case you were wondering, Ross, we got to wear it forward, okay? Otherwise, this happens. See, I still have some youth pastor in me, so it's all good. But we, we had this big event that we put on for our church yesterday. So we're out in the sun all day. And there was so much planning that goes into it. There's so many little minor details. There's just all kinds of stuff that go on, from face painting to making sure we got ice to we forgot the stakes for the slip and slot, all kinds of stuff, okay? Where's the fire department? They were supposed to be here an hour ago. Oh, we forgot to call them. Like all kinds of stuff like that. Like stuff happens, okay? And, and in those moments, it is so easy doing something for God to get distracted. And in those distractions, there, there were times where I was like, gosh, should we, have, should we have even done this event? God, I was pretty sure you told us to do this thing. But should we have even done it because of all the distractions? You see, and then I was reminded very quickly that God had a, as very small as it was, God had a purpose for that event. You see, and, and, and the distractions, while we're doing good things, we must remember that Christ has to be at the center of it. That little event we did yesterday that probably had 150 or 175 people, I'm not really sure, but, but that little event that we did, we had to keep Christ at the center of it. As we grow our church, we have to keep Christ at the center of it. As this church continues to grow, which it has for years now, you've got to keep Christ at the center of it. As your family, as your children grow, as you, teach them, as you teach them the Bible, as they go out into the world, you've got to teach them to keep Christ at the center of everything. Otherwise, you, you will doubt the will of God on your life. If you don't trust him, you will doubt it. The, 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 the struggles, the battles, they will cause you to doubt if you, don't, if you aren't vigilant and keep God first. You see, the enemy, he can do this. He can't have you, but he can distract you. And that's what he wants to do. He just wants to distract you. He cannot have you. You are a child of God if you have placed your faith in him. But I'm here to tell you today that the enemy will do everything that he can to distract you. Whether it's a relationship with your spouse, 
whether it's a relationship with your kids or your boss or things going on in the world, he will do everything he can to distract you. The next thing he will try to do is to destroy your faith. You see, your faith shows through when things get tough. You learn a lot about yourself when the battle gets hot. I'll tell you this, I learned a lot about myself over the last two and a half years. There were times that I was not near where I thought I was. And it's because I got God off the focus. It's because I tried to focus on doing things my way. It's because I tried to focus on, I think I know a better way. We will never know better than our creator, ever. And we must stay focused on him. We must understand that that it is so important in times of life when things aren't crazy to dig into the word of God. In the battles battles of life and the struggles of life, you really, really begin to grow deeper the hotter the battle gets. When the heat gets turned up, you find out who you are. You find out how, what kind of foundation you really laid. You, you, you find out real quick if you laid a foundation that is the foundation of Christ. You see, and, 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 and throughout God's word, he, he tells us about different battles. The entire Old Testament, we see nothing but battles. We see so many battles. We see, we, we, we see throughout God's word this, this idea, this theme of battles. So much that in Ephesians 6, we have to have the armor of God because the battle is so tough. The battle is so difficult, and there is no way you can do it on your own. In Matthew 7, 24 through 25, it says this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. You see, is your foundation and the foundation that you've laid in Christ, does it withstand the storms? Or when the slightest breeze comes, does it fall down? Are you abiding in Christ in your life? Are you, in, in these spiritual battles, these are things, and, and, and they're things that help us to just be aware of. Because I think even as us mature Christians, we kind of go through life at times, and it's just like, man, I've got it. We're, we're just going to... We're just going to go, it's, a, it's another battle, and, and, and we don't, we're not vigilant of these things. Because they, they, they will, they will cause us to doubt God's will, they'll, they'll, they'll destroy our faith. Those moments when the battle is fierce and the battle is difficult, as Christians, we know that we must dig in, that we must not give up, that we must continue to fight, that we must understand that when you place your faith in Jesus, that he does have it all. Listen, he's the one who began everything. He's the one who created eternity. Jesus is the one coming back to take us home for those of us that, are, that have placed our faith in him. He has got the answers. And when your faith is placed in him, trust him. The next thing I want to look at is the enemy will try in the battles of life, he will try to destroy the word of God in your life. You must be guarded when it comes to the enemy. His tactics are are the same old tactics that he's always used, but he tries to package them a little differently. 
And when we're in the tests of life and the battles of life, we, we must know God's word to help us get through those times. How in the world can we battle if we don't know what the battle plan is? One of the prayers that I pray before I pray, anytime I preach and, and that I would hope that you would pray anytime you open your word, is, is the prayer to open our hearts and our ears when it comes to God's word. Because we can be in seasons of life where we turn God's word off, where we don't want it. I'm mad, I'm going to stay mad, and the man up here ain't going to say anything, and I'm not going to open that book, and it ain't going to speak to me. Nope, I'm going to turn it off. I don't want nothing to do with it. There's times where we go to church just because we we're supposed to. And we come and we sit here, and we're struggling with things, and the preacher gets up here and preaches a message that directly deals with what you're going through, that directly deals with what you're dealing with, that, that you have this opportunity to, to lay it at the feet of Jesus, and you missed it because you turned it off. You missed it because you never listened. God's word is our battle plan for life. I say at our church because we're the lighthouse, it's our navigational beacon. And that is exactly what it is. It walks us through life. The difficult times in life, it deals with it. Parenting, it deals with it. Relationships, it deals with it. You, you, you say it, it deals with it. It deals with what the order in a home should look like. It deals with what the order in a church should look like. It deals with all of those things. We must be in God's word. You see, we get so busy with everything that the word of God, we don't take time to put it in, that we do everything else. We call everybody else. We try to fix it on our own. And the answer is right here. The trials that we face in life should draw us closer to the word of God, not further. The trials that, that maybe some of you in here are going through right now, Lean on this book. Lean on God's word. It will see you to the other side. A good friend of mine once told me that, that do sometimes the, the world and, and the waves and the storms of life are going crazy around you. But know this, that you're in this boat in the middle of this raging storm and you can't see nothing. And everything is in turmoil. But he is in the boat with you and he will see you to the other side. And I encourage you with that. If you're going through something right now, lean on God's word, trust in him. He will see you to the other side of that trial. In talking of, of, of the enemy coming in and trying to destroy the word of God in, in, in our lives when, when we're going through things. I came across a study as I was going and, and preparing for this. It was a recent study done by Barna. It says that 58% of Bible-believing Christians those that profess to place their faith in Jesus, born-again believers, 58% of Bible-believing Christians read their Bible on their own three times or less in an entire year. Three times or less. And we wonder why we crumble in the battle. We don't know what the battle plan is. We don't know what Ephesians 6 says. I would hope that I just said Ephesians 6, and you know right where I was going with that. We don't even know the armor of God and what it's for. We don't put it, you see, God's word doesn't tell us to, 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 to put on the armor of God every six months or every couple of years 
or right as you're going into battle. No, daily. Every single day, you are to put on the armor of God. But if you're not in God's word, you don't know that. And when the battle comes, the first thing the enemy's going to try to do is to get you to doubt the word of God. And he does that by twisting things. He does that by twisting God's word. And you don't know that if you're not in that. You must be in God's word. You must be a student of God's word. That study is not from the word, the entire world and everybody in the world. That's from Bible-believing Christians, three times or less. Most of, most of the time, people will get their Bible out on Sunday morning when they come into the church, head back out, toss it in their trunk or their back seat, and there it lays until we get back next week. And I'm not saying it to be legalistic or anything like that, but we have to abide in God's word. Throughout God's word, it tells us to abide in him. How in the world can we abide in him if we are not abiding in his word? That's the number one way he speaks to us. It's through his word. We have to trust his word. We have to know his word. A few other things that I want to look at this morning are um, when, when people are going through, through these spiritual battles and these these spiritual struggles in life. We looked at things that we need to be aware of to to watch out for, to guard against. I want to look at a few more things, though, this morning. I want to look at a few things that, that signal that it's a battle cry. That the enemy knows that you're for real. That will begin to set off these spiritual trials. You see, when, when you start telling people about Jesus, you better watch out. When you start witnessing to people, be prepared. When you start sharing what God has done in your life, be, be careful. Because I'm telling you, the enemy will want nothing to do, will want nothing more than to stop you from spreading the gospel. I think of that event yesterday, the whole goal was to spread the gospel. The wind was crazy, it rained all week, all kinds of things happened. Listen, the enemy wants nothing more than to stop God's word from going out. He wants to try to take everything he can. He wants to take everything and, and, and twist all kinds of things. And, and, and so when you start witnessing to people, know this, that you're signaling a battle cry. You want to look at something else that will signal that the battle is about to get hot? Be generous. Be generous with what God's blessed you with. You see, when you're generous and, 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 and you give things to, to grow God's kingdom, to make an impact in God's kingdom, whether that's financial or things or whatever it may be, the enemy wants to stop you. You see, um, when you're generous, things start breaking, like everything. Like every car that you have and every car that everybody else lets you borrow, it breaks. In a month. Everything will seem like it's falling apart. Everything may look like it's falling apart. But what you've done is you've signaled war when you're generous. You've signaled that, you know what, 
I'm placing my faith in him. Everything that I've got is his anyway. I'm just giving it back. And maybe it is money. But maybe it's something else. Maybe it's time. But when you do that, when you start being generous with your, with your things that God's blessed you with, the enemy don't like that. The enemy don't understand that. The enemy wants you to be selfish with your things. The enemy wants you to do that. And so when you do that, be ready for the spiritual battle because it'll start. And maybe you're in this place and, and I'm, I'm sharing some of these things. And you're like, well, I don't want to do any of those if that means that it's going to signal this. That's part of being a Christian. You see, witnessing to people is just part of being a Christian. So therefore, you will automatically have spiritual battles. The Great Commission, go and spread the gospel. Not just preachers, not just teachers, but everybody. And so as Christians, we must understand and know when you place your faith in him, things are going to get a little crazy. But the amazing thing is that the creator of the universe has already won the victory. We don't ever have to worry about it. We can do these things. We can just trust God. And even if every car you have breaks, the refrigerator breaks, you lose your job, all of it, he's in control. Another thing that signals the, um, another thing that signals to the enemy that you are placing your faith in him and you are trusting God with everything is when you start worshiping him. You see, when you start worshiping the creator, you can rest assured this. The enemy will try everything that he can to stop it. Everything will break. You'll struggle with, with parenting stuff. Work stuff will stink. Ministry will get difficult when you start worshiping. You see, and, and we worship not just in a 25-minute song set or a 20-minute song set. You worship with your life. You know, it comes back to the whole putting God as the priority. Because when you put him first, you worship him. You worship him with how you talk, how you walk, how you act, how you treat others. It's, the, it's, it's, it's when you worship him, you can rest assured. The enemy will do everything that he can to steal your joy to take your worship. But know this, the enemy doesn't win. He never wins. He will continue to be to, to, to come after you. He will continue to try to stop you. He will continue to try to distract you. He will try to come in and cause all the doubt that we talked about. He will try to come in and destroy your faith. He will try to do all of that, but he will not be successful. The last thing that I would like to say is that when you start praying and when you start seeking the face of God, you can rest assured. The spiritual battles are on their way. You see, and, and the praying part, all of these things that, that I said here are, are not things that are like really things that we should or shouldn't do. These are things that we're all called to do. We're called to be generous. We're called to, to witness to people. We're called to worship our creator. We're called to communicate in prayer with our creator. You see, our battle strategy, it starts with prayer. And I can't remember if I said it earlier or if I said it in the first service. It's all running together. I'll be real honest, guys. But 
And we've got a 2 o'clock service, too. So. Um, but I'll tell you this. Who's, who's the first call you make when things go crazy? Is it to God? Is it to your best friend or your kids? Who's it to? Because when things are crazy and life is difficult, we have to take things to God. He's the only one that's going to sustain us and get us through it. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to make it through anything. The last two and a half years of our life, there ain't nothing that I could do that would fix anything. It's what I did that got me in that moment. It's, 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 the, it's the, the way that I was, the way that I, the way that I acted. It, it, it's things that, that we self-inflict that we try to take control of. And then we wonder, why are things going crazy? You see, we should be in constant prayer with God. God's Word says to pray without ceasing in everything, for everything. Is he the first one that you call? Is he the one that, that you reach out, for, reach out to? Is he the one that, that you look for whenever things are, when everything is going crazy? There's one thing, well, there's like 5,000 things, but we don't have time to go through all of them this morning. But there is one thing that I learned over the last two and a half years. And it's this, if I lost every single thing that I had, if I lost ministry, if I lost my family, if I lost all my friends, if the only thing I had was God, it would be enough. And so maybe you're in here today and you're thinking that, I've lost everything, what is this guy talking about? But you, coming from someone that literally thought he was going to lose everything, God's got you, but you've got to trust him. You've got to stop trying to do it on your own. You see, in the spiritual battles, they, 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 they come in and the enemy wants you to doubt. The doubt that you have right now that you're going to make it through it as a Christian is directly from the enemy because God has provided a way out. God will get you through that. But you've got to trust him. Too often, I mean, we look at that study, 58%, guys, three times or less that they read their Bible. In my opinion, this is an opinion because it's not a statistic to back it up, but in my opinion, there's not a whole lot of us that are abiding in God. I, I, I mean, if we're not digging into his word and we're not abiding in him, how are we going to know when the doubts come and when the enemy does try to destroy our faith? How do we know that we're going to be okay? How do we know to put on the armor of God? How do we know what the end is? How do we know that, that everything going on right now isn't really surprising to God? The craziness of the world we live in, it might surprise us, and we're kind of becoming numb to it. Like, I, I think of the event that happened this last week, this tragedy. Part of the only reason why we heard about it is just because of the sheer numbers. The, 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 the number of people that were lost. I saw a post um, at, at some point this week about all of the school shootings that have happened in like the last two years. Maybe it was the last year. And it took me forever to scroll. And I'm a fast scroller. I don't have a lot of time, so I'm scrolling real fast. But, but I mean, I don't know. It was, it was a couple hundred of school shootings that we heard nothing about. It's because we're numb to it. Oh, turn on the news. Oh, something else. 
Oh, this is, this is happening in downtown Wichita. Oh, this is happening over in Kansas City. This is happening, you know, with, you name it. It doesn't surprise God. But, but we don't know that, that the world's going this direction if you don't know the word of God. Jesus is coming back. He is coming back. And it could be later today. And if he came in between our 2 o'clock service, that'd be okay. But if, if, if he came back today, I would, I would really actually ask ourselves, like, unfortunately, there might be a lot of churches that are still full if he came back. And we wonder, we, we wonder when, when life gets difficult and, and, and we can't, we can't make it through situations, and, 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 and we struggle. Like, and I'm not saying that you're not going to struggle as a Christian in spiritual battles. But we turn to the world for all the answers. It's time as Christians that we stop doing that. Because no wonder why there's so much doubt. No wonder why, why the enemy is trying to come in and destroy our faith. And for some of us, he's been successful. We begin to doubt what God says because we don't know his word because the enemy tells a lie in our head. We have, to be, we have to be people that are prepared for battle. We should read Ephesians 6 daily. Worship team, if you guys would come. You know, the thing about spiritual battles is I can promise you this, they're always going to be there. Every single day a lot of times some bigger than others, some really big battles that you go through, some battles that take forever to get through. That two and a half years of our life, there for, for about a year of it, it didn't seem like it was ever going to end. It just didn't. Things were, were tough. There was, there was things that, um, you know, we, we, we had to focus on, on us. We had to focus on on, on putting God as the priority in everything, and that was a long season. And so some seasons last longer than others, but I can promise you this, spiritual battles, they will, they will continue. We must learn how to fight them. And in our navigational beacon in God's word, it tells us how to fight them. It tells us that he trains us for these moments because he does. Because we see that Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. That tells me there's a battle. Tells me a battle that's raging often. It's important for us to put on that armor that we see in Ephesians 6. I challenge you, I almost preached this sermon based on that. However, I think it's important for each and every one of us when we're called to seek out our own salvation in fear and trembling. But it's important for you to dig into God's word. You see what goes on here in this place and, and, and your pastor, uh, what the bi- biblical role is, is for him to, um, to build you up, to encourage the saints, to send them out to do the work of ministry. What we are called to do, what, what should be happening here is we should be reinforcing what is going on in your home. And we wonder why every single uh, so many houses where turmoil is, it's, it's constant, it never stops because there's no peace, because there's no Jesus. Because he's not the priority. 
I found this quote from C.S. Lewis. It says this, the enemy will not see you vanish into God's company without an effort to reclaim you. I found one more that um, is from Charles Spurgeon. It says this, the trumpet still plays the notes of war. You cannot sit down and put the victory wreath on your head. You do not have a crown. You still must wear the helmet and carry the sword. You must watch, pray, and fight. Expect your last battle to be the most difficult, for the enemy's fiercest charge is reserved for the end of the day. As Christians, we get tired. As Christians, sometimes we feel beat down. We must be aware of the tactics of the enemy. We must be aware of what he's trying to come in and do. If you're in this place today and, and, and maybe, you're, maybe you're a Christian here, that you place your faith in Jesus, maybe you're just having a difficult time right now. You're just struggling. You're discouraged. You feel like there's no hope. Listen, the word of God tells you there's hope. Abide in it. Abide in him. Seek his face. In the most difficult moments of your life when the enemy wants to push you the other direction, trust him. Just trust Jesus. Don't ever waver. Just trust him because he'll see you through it. And maybe you're in here and everything that I've said this morning means absolutely nothing to you. Maybe it's foreign to you. Maybe that you just think, oh, well, life's hard. I'll be all right. Maybe on this side of heaven. But if you don't place your faith in him, you won't. And there will be a day when this is the last time, it'll be the last time that you meet. There will be no more services. There will be no more altar calls. There will be no opportunities to place your faith in him. You see, in the world is growing darker and darker and grimmer and grimmer. The only way that you're going to make it through it is Jesus. For the first 23 years of my life, I tried to do it my way. I thought I had the best way. I would do what I want, live how I want, talk to people how I want, act how I want. But that one night, that one night that I realized that the battle, I couldn't do it. There was no way that I could do it. And it's so good to be home. Right there. That spot right there. Right there. I took up my sword, I took up my cross, and I said, God, I can't do it. I need you, I need you. And I'll never forget kneeling down right there and that moment that I got up, hung over, that moment that God changed my life, I'll never forget it. And along the way things have happened, and along the way I failed, and along the way I've let people down, but I know this, my God has been faithful when I have been faithless. If you are in this place today and you are trying to do it on your own, stop. I beg you, I plead with you, stop. It has to quit. You can't do it. He has trained you for battle. He has prepared you for war. There is no question about if, it's when. It will happen. Please, I beg you, don't leave this place the same way you walked in.